We're continuing the series of Win the Day. This is the beginning of the second week of January, and we're continuing this topic to talk about how in this new season of life, there are certain things that we do and habits that we have with New Year's resolutions and goals and planning. And it's an honor for me to be here, especially just, just because we got over the milestone of our ninth anniversary at Church at the Bridge, which is awesome. Let's give it up for that. There's, there's been a lot of you who have been here since the very beginning, since day one, and a lot of you have come along the way, and I appreciate I love you guys. Thank you for being here today. Those of you who are online, thank you for being here. It's an honor to get to speak today in my parents' place, and I hope that you have ears to hear and a heart to receive this word, and I hope that it can really help you, not just with your daily life, but your faith, your your personal goals, professional goals, your your relationship with God goals, all of those things. So thank you once again for having me and we're going to jump right into this. The This message is week two of Win the Day. It's called Keep, Start, and Stop. We're going to dive into this. We're going to break this down. It all goes along with these New Year's resolutions and goals and plans that we do because, I mean, pretty much everyone does it. It's we make these goals and we make these plans because we want to inspire new opportunities and new growth in this new season. A lot of people treat the new year as, okay, this is the start of my new season. And it's all about, okay, now that you have these goals and ideas, what is it that you are doing to actually put them into action, to actually achieve these goals? And with these goals, sometimes we make promises to ourselves. And these goals and ideas sound good. And then other times, when we're not just making the promise to ourselves, sometimes we even make these promises to other people, whether it be your friends and family or just a close person that you're talking to and you're trying to hold each other accountable. They all sound good at first, but the, the statistics don't lie when it says that a lot of people really don't follow through with a lot of their goals and ideas. And today the plan is to help each other, something that I am actively doing now, using this method of keeping, starting, and stopping, and trying to establish a plan that we can follow and act on, a foundation for us, if you will. And the question that I have is, do you have a plan currently for your new goals? Do you have a plan? If you don't, if you have New Year's resolutions, ideas, and goals, and things that you want to strive for, then I hope today, using this method, I can help you establish a plan. In Luke Chapter 14, verse 28 through 30, it says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Count the cost of your goals. Before it even becomes a plan of action, you have to really think about, is this something worth pursuing or is it just a me idea? Because I'd rather have a God idea that I'm really chasing after or something that goes along with God's word on who he says I am than just chasing after myself. Does that make sense? And a part of this also with this verse in, in Luke is once you've laid the foundation, that's all the idea or goal is. It's the foundation. And when you establish a plan, now you are putting into action this idea you have. And counting the cost is super important. because When you count the cost of your goals, you're evaluating the steps that need to take place. And you're not supposed to forget God. You have to include God in this. The path of the righteous is made straight when you follow after God. 
And it's important that with this new year and with this new season, we don't just think about ourselves, but we think about how God is a part of this and also the people around us that we can impact with our own life and our own testimony. And the past four months have been really great for me. I've been blessed to work with an employer who is very like-minded, not just in faith, but he has an interest in a lot of the things that I'm interested in, such as self-development, leadership, being a part, an active part of people's lives and inspiring others. And it's been a blessing for me in more ways than one. And one really key way that we're gonna talk about today and how I actually got this method is a part of my employment is twice a month I meet with a leadership consultant. This consultant is someone who works in my industry. I work in construction because I don't work at the church, not yet. I'm hoping it's coming soon, but one day we'll, we'll be patient. Um, I work in construction and this leadership consultant has worked in my industry, understands what it means to manage not just people that work within your company, but you also have subcontractors and their bosses and their foreman and their way of doing things. And when we first started the, these Zoom calls, it was, Okay, the first the first conversation we had was what are your personal goals and what are your professional goals? And along with that came the question right right as soon as we listed them all down He told me to list three of both. He said, okay, what is the purpose of these goals? Why is it that you are pursuing these? What is the relevance and what is the importance for you to achieve it? Because it makes no sense to establish a goal if it's not important because then we just won't care about it We won't follow through Along with understanding why it's important to me to follow these goals, he said, what are the deliverables of this goal? The deliverables are the, 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 the things that we receive along the way of completing a goal. Because a goal is not just start to finish, it's the journey to get there. So when you have a goal, you need to really think about one, why is it important? And two, what are the signs that I can see from trying to achieve this goal that are going to let me know I'm on the right track. What are the rewards that I'm getting along the way? Those are the deliverables. So because of this position that I'm in, it's really allowed me to really be self-aware, emotionally aware, and start to build myself up in a way to think differently than I have been in the past. And it's opened my eyes to a new way of thinking, not just trying to get from A to B, but trying to understand how winning the day is so important because most goals are not completed overnight. And these are a journey. And it's not just a journey that we're supposed to hold on to for ourselves, but it's our journey through our walk of faith with God and those around us. So, like I said, I've been very blessed. And this exercise actually just came up about two weeks ago, this keep, start, and stop doing. So, I wanna give an example of it, but before I do, I wanna explain something. That a goal without a plan is just an idea. A goal without a plan is just an idea. And I tend to think I have a lot of good ideas, but they don't always work out for me. And I'm sure everybody has lots of ideas that they think about, but do you actually make a plan or does it just stay in the idea stage? Do you actually have a plan of attack on how to achieve this? Or is this something that pops into your head? You think about it for a day or two and then you just kind of throw it in the trash. Like, ah, oh, that's, that's an old idea. I gotta come up with something new. It's something that's so important because in the, in, the, in the Bible, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3, it says, For a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. The business to a goal is the actions and plans that you put in place. Because you don't actually complete the goal just by making a plan. That's just words. You don't actually get 
any growth or any improvement by just saying you're going to do something. It takes actual action and effort to get to that place. So with the start of this new year, I'm sure many of you have goals and ideas, maybe stuff that you've been working on before the new year that now you're just really trying to solidify and get more progression, get more fruit from it. And I hope that using this method, we can really establish a path for yourself to move forward. So let's choose an easy one so I can give you an example of how to use this. An easy example for a new year's resolution, it's one that in America is probably one of the most popular ones, is either losing weight, getting in shape, or just improving overall health. It's one that's the most common in America today. And it's something that doesn't just mean like you're losing weight, but maybe you got like a bad report, maybe you're feeling aches and pains, maybe you just looked at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you know what, I think I could do better. Like that's the type of, that's the type of instinctual moment that we have when coming up with a goal is that moment of I need to change. And it's not something that just happens overnight. It's something that happens in a process. It builds up to a point where now all of a sudden you want to make this real. You want to make this happen. So using the keep start and stop method, what we see, one of the things that we should keep doing is holding yourself accountable. Holding yourself accountable. That moment when you finally decide, you know what, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to start uh, improving my health. I'm going to just get fit. I want to be a little bigger. I want to be a little stronger. That's the moment where your accountability to yourself kicks in. And like I just said, it's not something that just happens overnight. It happens because it's a slow progression until all of a sudden you get to that point where you can just no longer take it. So one of the ways that we keep holding ourselves accountable is every time we think about this or a start of a new day, we say, I am going to do this today because I want to do that. That's something that you keep doing once you establish the goal. And remember, this is just an example of losing weight or trying to get fit. Another thing that we should keep doing is the desire to achieve the goal. It's slightly different than holding yourself accountable because holding yourself accountable is just you maintaining that idea in the forefront of your mind but the actual desire to do it is important to keep. Because like I said, it's something that builds up to this point, but then people start to lose desire because sometimes they make excuses on it's too hard, or I don't have enough time, or I got other things going on. If you really desire to achieve something, you, you wanting to do it is gonna burn with a passion in you to actually pursue it, versus when you make something a chore and a responsibility, sometimes we kind of like put those to the side. So one holding is keeping yourself accountable. Another is keeping this desire to achieve this goal. And another thing that we could do with this example is keeping what good habits you already have. Because I'm sure there's some people in this room like where they were once like, you know what, I kind of like working out. I kind of like running. I kind of like doing this kind of activity. Then why don't you just do that more? Or some people say, oh, well, I kind of I, I like eating fruits and I kind of like eating like vegetables. Why don't you try juicing and smoothing? There's a way to keep the good habits you have, but just implement them in a new way. Do something fresh, do something new. You're keeping one of the things that you actually were doing, but now you're gonna start doing it a lot more. Which leads into what we should start doing. Once again, using this example, one of the things that you could start doing to get more fit or to improve your health is to meal prep. I don't know if anybody, if, if anybody in here does it, but meal prep is a great way to structure your week. There's no guessing, okay, what am I gonna eat today? Because you've already planned it out. Because I, I know for me, that could be an excuse. 
oh, I don't really know what I'm gonna eat. I didn't pull out any meat because it's frozen. So you know what, I'm just gonna go get McDonald's or I'm gonna go get this or I'm gonna go get some Spanish food, right? Like it's, it's a normal thing, but getting rid of those excuses and actually starting to plan it out, not just for the next day, but for an entire week, starts to impact you in a, in a different way. Because now all of a sudden, not only did you build a schedule for what you're gonna eat, but now it starts to affect the way you buy groceries. Because now that you planned out your meals for the week, now you start to think, okay, well, if I buy this, that goes with this meal. On Wednesday, I could do that. On Thursday, blah, blah, blah. I have leftovers for lunch. Like you start to plan it out. It's, remember, this is just an example, but it's one of the ways how one action can trickle into something bigger. Another thing that you can start doing is going to the gym. Not just holding on to a membership and saying, oh yeah, I go to this gym, but to actually start going, to actually make time to go, whether it's at night, early in the morning, if you do it three days a week, because you know every day a week is a big commitment. I feel like some people, they, when they try to get a goal, they like pedal to the metal, like it's like all the way, I'm gonna go to the gym every day for an example, and then you end up burning yourself out because at one time you weren't doing it, then all of a sudden you made it like night and day where you're doing it every day, and then you're like, oh, this is too much. And then they just quit on it. This is a win the day. This is a slow progression. This is not a Hail Mary 100-yard pass. This is progression. This is possession by possession, day by day, thought by thought, achievement by achievement. Another thing that you could start doing is setting the daily, weekly, and monthly goals. Your daily goals for losing weight or getting in shape is, okay, I'm going to not do this today so that I can do this, which is like, I'm not going to eat. My favorite thing is ring dings or like Twinkies or candy. I'm not going to eat candy today. And instead I'm going to start eating apples today. Or it's my weekly goal. I want to go to the gym twice a week where before I was going zero. So I'm going to plan my two days. Your monthly, I have to at least lose X amount of pounds in this month so that I can feel that's the deliverables. That's how this method starts to come into play. You make your list, you associate the actions, and you get into a method, a foundation of building this goal to a point where you can actually start to achieve it. And then we get into the things you should stop doing. So eating fast food too often. Like I said, I'm guilty of it. McDonald's for lunch. I might go to Nelly's, some, uh, I think it's Dominican, over on, on South Plank Road for dinner. And then you go to the next day. Oh, I don't have leftovers because I ate out both nights. So now, okay, now I'm going to go, instead of, I had McDonald's yesterday, I'm going to go to Wendy's today. And then you go to dinner. I'm like, hey, what's for dinner? Then we actually cook something. Then I ate leftovers for lunch. And then it's like, okay, now I got to cook again. No, we're going to go to X, Y, and Z. And then it's like a trickle. It all snowballs into something else. So I'm guilty of it, eating out too often, but that's something that I will stop doing. My wife and I started talking about that. But another thing that we could stop doing, I love this example because it's easy, and it's managing your time. Managing your time. It goes above and beyond meal prepping because managing your time not only has to do with what you eat, but it's the activities that you do. Managing your sleep, managing your stress levels, managing what you are actually thinking about and processing. And the last thing that we should probably stop doing, and this goes pretty much with any goal, is doing it alone. We are not meant to live this life alone. We are meant to live with each other. That's why there's a body of Christ. It's not just solo and God. It's everyone together. We are meant to edify each other, sharpen each other up. We are meant to live this life together. Most goals fail because we feel like we can't do it. And we put all this pressure on ourselves to achieve it, not realizing that there are people in our lives that could help us. Or there's also things like Google and YouTube that help too. And we have the Bible, of course. But anyway, that was just an example of how this method has started to impact my life. I use that one because it's real simple, but there's so many different ways that this could help you. 
thinking about the things that you should keep doing, things that you should start doing, and things that are just getting in your way that you should stop doing. It's important. You can achieve so much just by thinking this way. And it goes with the Bible, too. It doesn't just have to be in your personal, professional life. This goes along with the Word. Maybe I need to keep going to church, but I need to start reading my Word more, and i got to stop making excuses on why I don't do anything. Easy, right there. Then all of a sudden, now you write your list, you start making examples of actions you could take to actually achieve it. That's how easy this is. It doesn't have to be this whole 30-day meditation process. You just start off real simple, and the more you focus and work on it, it will start to build into this bigger lifestyle. So it's an example of how you lay the foundation for yourself. You're making this plan really simple at first. And from this point on, you start to make this list, associate the actions with it, and it could really start to impact your life. But like I said before, this doesn't just happen overnight. Just because you make the plan doesn't mean the goal is done. You just barely started. That's just the foundation. Before any house is built, you gotta have plans for it. Because if you build a house without plans, things are gonna get messed up, put in the wrong location, things are gonna start interfering with each other, it just doesn't work out. And we ourselves need to look at our lives as the house. We just sang it in the song, my life was built on you, my life was built on God. That's the foundation that we should be focusing on. So, this, when I was writing this sermon, I started thinking about the book of Joshua. And it's not just because that's my name and it's easy for me to relate to it, but the book of Joshua is so impactful for this message because in the beginning of the book of Joshua, we see that a new season, a new time for the people of Israel has started. The book of Exodus was all about Moses and the people of Israel going to the promised land and Moses was going to the mountain to talk to God and Joshua was with him every step of the way as his assistant. And when we get into the book of Joshua, we now see that a new time is coming. Moses is now passed, and now it's time for Joshua, as the leader of the people of Israel, to step up. And when I, when I read this, when I read the book of Joshua preparing for this message, it was something that I thought I was going to have to read the whole book of Joshua and then go back and like condense it and like do all these things. But just in the first book of Joshua alone, we get everything we need for this method to come into action. So in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, which is important, that's a title of position. It's not just after the death of Moses, it's Moses, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I have promised to Moses. First three verses alone, we get what needs to keep happening. Holding on to the promise. The promise never left. The promise never changed. Even though Moses is gone, they are still promised this land. And they are also promised that everywhere their foot touches, the sole of their foot touches, is theirs. Just in the first three verses, we already get what to keep doing. So then we keep reading them, and we go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, well, chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. 
only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So in these verses, we see what we should keep doing, which is to hold on to the promise, the promised land. Also, what Joshua is supposed to keep doing is abiding and meditating on the law. In Joshua's time of leadership, it's not just, okay, Moses is gone, you're the next runner-up. No, it's now it's your turn to lead by example, because that's what Moses did. Moses led by example. Moses walked and talked with God, literally, like literally was on a mountain talking with God and living his life through God's teaching. And Joshua was able to be a part of that by being Moses' right hand. Now we see that Moses is gone and now Joshua is to step up and to keep doing the same thing, never letting it depart from his lips, never looking to the right or to the left. That means not looking anywhere else but the source, the one that is giving the instructions. And this is just the first couple of verses in the first chapter. We get what to keep doing. Now what is he supposed to start doing? He's supposed to start being strong and courageous. I'm sure these are qualities he already had, but now more than ever, as the leader of all these people, it's time to be strong and courageous. The Bible says in these verses that nobody will be able to stand against you. That is an authority. That is a a position, a title that God gave Joshua. And he is meant to walk in it. And now that he's the leader, now it's time for him to step up. Moses is gone. It's time to stop mourning. It's time to arise and get the people moving. It is time to cross the Jordan into the land that he has given them already. And it's another important thing to, to keep in mind, too, is that Joshua is now part of the new generation. The previous generation was promised the promised land, but because of the lack of honor they had for God, they were never able to get there. So now Joshua being the new leader, the new example for them on how they are to be and to act and to respond and to live according to the word that God has given them. Now it is time for the new generation to walk to the promised land, to take the land that God has already given them. It's important. So we have the keep, we have the start. And what are the things that he's supposed to stop doing? He's supposed to stop mourning Moses and get going. It is time to move. A lot of people treat this new year as it's the new season. It's a new chance for us to renew ourselves, renew our thinking, refocus, recenter our lives. And that's perfect. But are you following a plan and a purpose? Or are you just following your good ideas? It's important. You have to establish what to keep doing, what to start doing, and what's getting in your way that you should stop doing. It is important for us. And we see that the meditating of the word day and night was to help Joshua keep his desire, keep his focus on God. This, this isn't just some, some rules to keep his position. This is him being an example from God to Joshua and then from Joshua to the people of Israel to be that light, to be that example. And we, as we go about our business, when we, as we go about our lives trying to achieve these goals, we have to understand that we have a duty, a responsibility to be a light to this world. 
we have a responsibility as doers of the word, not just hearers, to start and take action with the tools and the resources that God has given us. And it's, 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 it's crazy for me because the church has been going on for nine years now. And the crazy part is how far we've come in what feels like such a short amount of time, but really it's nine years. Like the people that have been with us from the very beginning, I've been a pastor's kid my whole life, but being actually a part of this church is such a life-changing thing. And I hope that you guys can appreciate how awesome it is to be where we are. And it's not just because of Pastor Jose and Pastor Annette, but it takes a multitude of people answering the call of God to be where we are and to operate how we're operating. We're in a place, thank you, we're in a place in the city of Newburgh where the light is needed more than ever. And it's not because the people are bad. It's not because the people are evil and we need to clean them and cleanse them. No, it's because there just needs to be a responsibility here. There needs to be a calling, a guiding light because they're lost. I never say anyone is evil. They're just lost. They don't understand. And that's what darkness is. It's the lack of knowledge. And we being of knowledge and of understanding need to be a light to them. We need to love them, not judge them, just as we do to ourselves. Love ourselves, we should be loving them all the same. We, are, we have a place of responsibility, a place of calling here. And I appreciate all of you that are here, those of you who are online. This is more than just a message for us starting the new year. This is a plan. This is us coming together as a body to, one, help ourselves, but also to help one another. We're not meant to live this alone. The daily victories with us going after these plans and ideas and goals matters just as much as your overall completion. Remember, don't forget the deliverables of a goal. It's not just the start and finish. It's the progression along the way, the journey. Appreciate it. It's one of those things that I myself have been working on. That's why this message, it was, it was, it was, I almost had like 10 pages when I wrote it. And I had to like really condense it down because I thought it would take too much time. And it's something that I've just been thinking about because of this leadership coaching, this, this method of the keep, start and stop is something that was just introduced to me two weeks ago. And me being 27 years old, I sometimes put too much pressure on myself to be at a certain place in life ahead of where I am now. And the consequence of that is me chasing after promises that God's already given me. Me chasing after something that God said is already mine and me saying, well, I got to do this and I got to change that. And I got to and I'm putting all this pressure and burden and weight on myself. Meanwhile, God is saying, I already given it to you. Why are you pursuing me? I'm already with you. Why are you chasing after me trying to change yourself to fit into something that I already accepted as you are? And, it, and it's something that this message when I wrote it was. I was already in the midst of thinking about it. I was already in the midst of creating this mindset for the new year. And it's because of the position that I work in, not just me in my Christian walk, but the position I work in. Like I said, I'm 27. I'm the youngest in my company that I work with. I work in construction. I have, I work with subcontractors that are more than twice my age and they've been doing construction longer than I've been alive. And yet my responsibility is to lead and guide them to do what I need them to do. Not to boss them around and tell them, well, you got to do this because I said so, but to be an example to them. This method has allowed me to really think and evaluate and become emotionally aware of what I need to do to improve as a leader. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, that is what we are called to do every day. Daily sacrifices to help minister to the people in this world. 
to be a light, to spread the gospel, to share God's love. No goal is too big. That's something to keep in mind, too. That there is no goal too big, especially because you don't have to do it alone. We can do this together. You can open up to those around you. That's why we do connect groups. That's why we do conferences. That's why we do all these community service events is for us to get connected and not live this life by ourselves. It's super important. It's so important. That's why Jesus had disciples. Jesus didn't just do his whole ministry by himself. He had disciples that went out and carried out exactly what was taught to them. And we see it with Moses walking with God and Joshua was right by his side. To now it came, Joshua's turn to step up and he was equipped and ready to go. Got the instruction from God, it's time to start moving. So I challenge you, think about your goals and ideas in this new year. Think about your life in this new season. Think about the people that you have around you that you could be impacting with this love of God. Not judging and condemning, not trying to change them, but just loving on them. It's important. So, as we close out here, I want everybody to rise to their feet. And I, I want to I close out with an understanding that we are in this together. That we have this love and appreciation for one another. And I want you guys to understand that the answers from God to the righteous are yes and amen. That we have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness by God. And that our walk with God is through faith and through love and through your knowledge and understanding of him. You can't do this walk of faith just by coming to Sunday and listening to the sermon. you got to really build yourself up with a knowledge of the word. You have to put this plan into action in your own life. And that's what we are here to do as a people. That is our plan. That is our vision here to connect with God, to connect with people, and to connect with our communities. And it's for a reason. So in this new year, in this ninth anniversary of Church at the Bridge, I want each and every single one of you to leave with this thought today. No goal is too big. What is your foundation? And what is your plan of attack moving forward? The past is behind you. 2022 is gone. You may still be feeling whatever happened to you in that year, but guess what? It's behind you. What are you doing today and how are you moving forward? It's a new season, a new day, a new opportunity for a life more and abundant than what you've already lived up until this point. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.